Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Hello and welcome to the BBC Good Food Essential Recipes podcast with me, Miriam Nice. Each week I'll be joined down the line by a different member of the cookery team and we'll be answering your questions and talking about how we're getting on in our kitchens. So please do join me, find us on Spotify, iTunes or Acast or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to never miss an episode. This week I'm joined by food editor Esther Clark. Hi Esther, how are you doing? Hi, yeah, I'm doing really well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Okay, so our topic today is nostalgic cakes and bakes and desserts. Mm. Lots of nostalgic, (laughs) lovely things. Um, So what kind of, what sort of cakes and bakes sort of sum up um, nostalgia for you personally? Um, Yeah, anything with jam, I would say. We, We grew up having a lot of jam and I'm just a huge fan of steamed sponge puddings, like any kind of stodgy. I mean, I think I've got, I think I know why you've asked me to do this, Miriam. (laughs) Because I think I've got a little bit of a reputation (laughs) for loving English puddings and retro puddings. I mean, I love anything retro anyway. I, I, you know, I think I really got into food. Sorry to go off the track, but I think it's important to know this. I think I really got into food um, because I love nostalgia in food. I loved the memories behind food and um, being in a certain place. And I mean, a big memory for me was going around my grandmother's. She would often do, um, she had a small house with a big loganberry bush in the garden. We'd have loganberry crumble. Crumble's very delicious and nostalgic thing for me. Um, but we'd also have jam roly poly. 
which I Great. absolutely adore. So she would kind of make this really delicious roly-poly mixture and then she would wrap it in muslin and steam it. And then we'd always have, and I mean controversial, but I love it, custard powder mixed <laughs> to make custard, that kind of iconic custard powder. Yeah. So yeah, for Probably me, yellow it's custard. that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And then those are kind of quite old puddings. And then we kind of move into another realm of puddings that I adore, which is probably the 70s and 80s. And well, that was when, you know, things like trifles came in. <laughs> I love trifle. I mean, you know that we did a fantastic yeah. trifle off together at Christmas. That was so um, fun. <laughs> it was so fun. Uh, yeah. And so jelly, um, I've just written a really nice recipe for flummery. So oh, right. if you don't know what flummery is, it's condensed milk or double cream um, mixed into jelly, sort of replacing half that water in a jelly, in a packet jelly with that cream. And you kind of get this like set wobbly, creamy jelly, <laughs> um, which is something I would sometimes have at children's parties. I don't know if you ever had it, but it is no, really the taste of childhood. It's a real kind of with a bit of squirty cream on oh, top. Great. And a few sprinkles. Do you sprinkles. remember those... Um those sort of sweets that you'd get that were sort of shaped like um almost like a cartoon orange slice or a lemon slice and then you sort oh of goodness. put those on top of like cakes or desserts like that and then you'd get those sort of like um sort of jelly triangles as well similar little they're, they're like I you love know, other little decorative things you'd have like a glassy cherry and then maybe one of those or something yeah and, and you they don't see those sell them. <laughs> well they used to sell them in the baking section yes. the market, yes. and they'd sort of like bleed a bit into the buttercream yeah. you'd get this kind of weird you know sort of three days later in the 90s would be in these sort of quite strange um cakes that we my mum often used to make um a rainbow cake for us before rainbow cakes were you know a big thing and it would it wouldn't be bright colored it was very natural kind of <laughs> dull green um slightly off pink and then a loads of buttercream on top. And that was really delicious. And often nice. in like a tray bake form in a sort of square tin. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, puddings are incredibly important in my life. So, mm. um, and we, we grew up having pudding every night in my family. Um, we never didn't have pudding, even on weeknights. In fact, I remember yeah. once going around a friend's house for dinner and they didn't have pudding. And I, um, the dad mum and dad walked me home and then mum my mum opened the door and I said I had fun but they didn't even have any pudding <laughs> just imagine how horrified my mum was <laughs> they didn't have any pudding was um, that an earshot of um of oh, the yeah that you just had the door with? opened and I said they didn't have any pudding I mean the horror <laughs> like I mean it was horrifying um so yeah I think definitely any kind of like really delicious cooked pudding I mean, is my favorite. I love syrup sponge pudding. And that was one of the first things that we learned to cook when I went to cookery school. And I remember we, um, I was living with another girl at the time. And I think a few of us went back to hers and watched a film and we were all eating our syrup sponge puddings out of the pudding basins on her bed watching a film. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, very much that kind of thing for sure. Oh, I love what you were saying about the, um, the kind of jam roly-poly do you do you sort of find that when you have like desserts like that because that's a, that's one of the ones that takes a long time quite a long time to steam doesn't it and it kind of yeah. fills the house lots of those puddings like steam puddings and it does fill, fill the kitchen and fill the house with the smell so not only have you got the memory 
but you kind of get transported with the whole the whole thing like the steamy kitchen and the smells and and, and the yeah. process of wrapping it up or greasing the basin I definitely found that with a few a few dishes I was testing a rice pudding the other day for for the website and um I took one mouthful. I hadn't had rice pudding for ages. And it's definitely that moment, you know, you know the one I'm talking about in Ratatouille where just everything kind of zooms in. The sort of Disney movie, Ratatouille, where the the guy eats something from his childhood. And just there's that kind of zooming in moment where you're sent completely back to that moment as, you know, being a kid. And I almost imagine my sort of childhood home and and having some some rice pudding and dollop of jam on it or something. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm a huge rice pudding fan, so I can completely re- relate to that. But also I have memories of like my my nan's quite scrappy pastry that she used to make, never looking particularly neat. And the, the jam on jam tarts um, getting really stuck to the tin and kind of almost burning and picking it off, like peeling it off. And they were like little chewy, fruity sweets. Do you know what I mean? Kind of like yeah, those kind of the edges of a jam tart. And jam tarts are so simple, but they're just so delicious. I mean, I just, you know, buttery, short crust pastry, a big dollop of jam. I mean, really delicious. That's but, so um, easy. They're the first thing I ever made, I think it's probably about three and helping helping yeah. them with those and I think you you don't make them and then you make them like you know years later and you go oh these are great they're so mm. simple there's nothing to it but well yeah. you made a jam tart in the office oh back, I did back when leftovers. we were in the office and I mean I don't think I've ever been happier I was just eating it <laughs> I think you know I hung around until about six thirty just to eat the scraps <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, definitely kind of any kind of pastry thing. And, and it you know, it's so unhealthy. It's, you know, it's, it's a real treat thing, isn't it? And I think w- what I should explain is that Monday to Friday, we weren't eating kind of these like huge cooked puddings. And we were just having like, you know, yogurts and maybe ice cream and chocolate sauce. That's another thing that I think is a really fantastic, nostalgic thing. Hot chocolate sauce. Blancmange. My mum used to make chocolate blancmange and she wouldn't let it set. She would keep it as a sort of custard. And then we would pour that over mm. vanilla ice cream. Um, fun that was quite a good that was quite a good one I think if you had a roast dinner on a Sunday you'd often have you know kind of a stodgy pudding and then at Christmas of course we would always have a trifle so great yeah (laughs) oh wonderful um and I've noticed that a lot of people I don't know if it's this time but just everyone's got a bit more time and they're at home or just wanting that kind of comfort I mean I know I'm missing my family I know you're you're with yours but I'm, I'm I'm definitely missing mine I think there's certain dishes that you make them and you kind of feel closer to them um and I've noticed a lot of people doing that either baking with their kids or or baking kind of more nostalgic things I've seen on our Facebook group BBC Good Food Together uh someone posted I think it's a post by a lady called Fiona um butterfly cakes haven't made these for years felt like a blast from the past and I've seen loads of wonderful pictures of Victoria sandwiches lots of scones have you seen you've seen those yeah, as well so many and I, I've made scones I made scones at the weekend so easy and so yeah so delicious and I mean I think also for me scones remind me of the summer so if we're not quite at that point yet there's something about a slightly sunny spring day and getting a tray of scones out and some cream and you feel a bit like okay we're edging towards the summer now um and it's really nice actually butterfly cakes are also great and I have been really wanting to make those so that's really interesting that you say that and I've sort of been like yeah. fighting the urge being like oh maybe I should make something I haven't done before but actually there's something really nice about you know just 
there's the, the smell of buttercream and a sponge cake together is just, oh, it's lovely. Yeah. And it's such a pretty, effective thing. It's the one where you make the fairy cakes, you lop the top off, and which gives you like a disc of, of sponge, doesn't it? And then you cut that in half and then you, in the little cavity, you put some buttercream and then you put those two little pieces back to give you the butterfly wings. And it's just so... Like so simple, but um, and then you and can eat them fairly fresh, so it's it's really delicious. You're not waiting for the topping to set for ages or anything. And they're fairy cakes, so this was you know long before. I mean, I don't know about you, but I never grew up on cupcakes. We always no, had fairy no. cakes, so um, yeah. and little paper cases with a slightly pink floral pattern on, which yes. I know the local <laughs> supermarket had their own brand, and it, they never sold the plain ones. It was always these floral ones. Um, but yeah, even the bottom of a, when you take a cup, a fairy cake out and you get that kind of slightly um, crunchy bit at the bottom. I love that. Oh, yeah. So and you delicious. sort of chew that until the paper starts yeah. growing. So as a kid, you chew that until the paper <laughs> disintegrates. Or if there's any Definitely. icing left on it, you sort of chew that, you end up with a bit of paper in your mouth. I know. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, so lots of people are baking. We did do a shout out on one of our um, Instagram and Facebook and YouTube lives. And we got some good questions in. Oh, great. One that's good. Uh, My friend is making a roulade for her husband's birthday, but only has granulated sugar for the meringue. Will that work? Yes, it will. You just need to whisk it a little bit longer because the grains are a bit bigger. I mean, I think just keep, yeah, go with it. I mean, I know we're at this time and I spoke to you about this last time, Miriam, of kind of just, you know, not worrying too much about those kind of substitutions and just kind of going with it and experimenting a little bit. But I'm pretty sure that will be completely fine. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And then um, I think we discussed that shopping is getting a bit more um, back to normal. But I think there's still a few things people can't get hold of. I think still um flour is is fine for some people because you see lots of victoria sandwiches and scones and things but but not for others so um you know the, the different flours that you can get hold of it can it can vary so this person said i want to make a birthday cake but all i can get is plain flour no self-raising is there a workaround yeah Basically, you just need some baking powder. If you can get hold of a bit of baking powder, that is what self-raising flour is. It's that kind of already that mixture of plain flour and 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 self-raising. And do look on and look at our kind of conversions and things online. Um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, plain there there are many plain flour cakes that you can use. And even if you don't have plain flour, like a flourless cake is so delicious. I mean, it really is one of my favorite things. A flourless chocolate cake is totally indulgent and delicious and great as a birthday cake and any kind of cakes with ground almonds as well often the ground almond cakes if they do use a bit of flour is plain flour anyway so that's totally fine um well sorry was the question specifically that they wanted to make a victoria sponge or did i imagine that no a birthday cake a birthday birthday cake. cake yeah so totally um but yeah do try you know if you've got baking powder just you just need to mix a bit through um and and that will kind of make it rise like i said that 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 um we didn't always have self-raising flour I mean I don't think my grandparents ever had that I think they always baked with the plain flour and baking powder so don't worry about that at all not at all and do look at some um some flourless baking because I do think sometimes that texture itself totally different but so delicious I don't know about you Miriam I'm a big fan of those and there's some recipes that use like a little bit of flour 
And then the rest is maybe ground almonds or polenta or something like exactly. that. Those cakes are really nice. And then I don't think you'll feel too or, much you of an know, issue um, if, you, if you haven't got baking powder or if you haven't got, you know, it, it, if you precisely. can't use it, you know, I, you might want to separate the eggs and give them a bit of a whisk yeah, and I mean, just get exactly. some air in another way. So um, I was going to say that yeah. a sort of a whisked sponge is a really good one. So if you made like a roulade, like a really lovely roulade, you could do a chocolate roulade or a lovely vanilla roulade, um, you would need to just separate those eggs. And I think that's just a bit of plain flour that goes in to that mixture. Um, Genoise sponge as well. You could do a really lovely light sponge um, with the whisked eggs. So whisked cake methods are really good ones to look at because you, you get that aeration instead of... Um, sort of with self-raising flour with that kind of oomph you get that from separating those eggs and whisking those whites and that's where the air comes from so you just have to think about your mindset on these kind of bakes really I think just kind of looking into you know knowing that you wouldn't necessarily get the exact same results and but actually what a great time you might discover new ways to cook that you hadn't hadn't realized before I mean I know I am (laughs) what have you discovered lately what's your um, I've Late discovered spend. that I am never wasting anything ever again. <laughs> yeah. And I'm doing loads of stuff with leftovers. I mean, we get so many questions on leftovers, don't we? So yeah. I'm constantly thinking about that. And I find cooking really therapeutic. It's not just a job for me. I mean, I am really, really mega lucky that I've made it into a job that was always kind of the dream for me. But I also just find it so relaxing. Um, and I think people get things different elements of cooking relax people in different ways like I'm definitely someone that loves watching you know things cook really slowly like bigger stews cooking and some people love doing really intricate pastry things and yeah I think find that find that area that relaxes you during I'm definitely better with the um I don't mind a long process if I'm involved. That sounds really weird. Right, like, I see what you if mean. If I put something in the oven and I need to just leave it there for like, f- or, or on to simmer or something for like four hours, I get really twitchy. Like I just want to check it all the time, which a lot of those things you you shouldn't need to just leave them alone. Um, but if I've got to spend four hours like folding some some pa- some pastry or some um, pasta shapes or something or like dumplings, whatever, anything that's quite fiddly and that's going to take a long time. I don't mind doing that. I quite like, quite like doing that. Yeah. Is that I, a bit I'm, weird? No, not at all. <laughs> and I think that's really interesting. I'm definitely someone that like just loves layering flavors. So I love doing a stew because I love browning the meat and then I love waiting for it to cook and then I love reducing it and then I like making the dumplings to go on top of it. So mm. um but also, I think, you know, it depends on your mood as well. Some days I really want to make a cake or sometimes I want to make a really good pastry. But I do understand what you mean. It's really frustrating sometimes. You're like, come on. Yeah, I what do you do? You- like, how do you how do you help me? I'm, I'm basically using these podcasts sometimes to be like, how can you make me <laughs> think differently? I'm just, you know, I've got um, Lulu um, advising me on freezing everything the other week. And so, right. yeah, so how do you get me? What do I do when there's something that's just sat in the oven or steaming away? Some you make, what should I be doing? <laughs> you, make, you make a pudding. <laughs> so you you that's what you know if you really want to be doing something at the same time you you get the best of both worlds so you make your stew or your ramen yeah. or your slow slow cut shoulder of lamb or your veg, vegetable whatever um and you let that you do that initial bit where you concentrate for, for 30 minutes in the preparation and you get everything nicely finely chopped and blah 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 and browned the meat and and then you leave it for six hours and in the meantime <laughs> when you start to get a bit bored in between 
you make yourself a very simple pudding like a uh, tiramisu or <laughs> you make um you know something simple make a crumble and so when you take your stew out and let it rest and you eat it you've got your crumble popped in the oven because you've then you've 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 stopped halfway through haven't you and you've focused your brain on doing something else I mean that's what Absolutely. I do on a Sunday if I do really slow cook something I always make a really nice intricate pudding like a lemon tart or something with pastry that's a really <laughs> or good you shop. just bake loads of dumplings Miriam because I know you're very good at intricate things Oh yeah, I love some dumplings. Um, oh, pastry, that's a good shout because we had a question that said, in my recipe for quiche, it makes too much pastry. And I think she she figured that was to sort of get the mix um, right. What would you do with the leftover pastry? So this fits in actually very nicely into what you're saying. So firstly, if you if if you've got loads of leftover pastry because you're trimming it before you cook, I wouldn't do that. I'd probably... Um, leave quite a good overhang anyway. That's always a really good way of cooking pastry. I I never trim my pastry before cooking. I always leave a really good overhang and then I trim it post cooking. You get a much neater edge if you just trim it by kind of cutting off with a very small serrated knife. Um, If you've got loads and loads and you're still doing an overhang, um, I, I do really nice kind of cheese straws and things like that, like little snacky things. I had some leftover puff pastry the other day and I just put some cheddar cheese and some kimchi, um, which I, I is an idea I got from a very good friend of mine to make kind of cheese twists. But you could do um, your scraps of short crust pastry and just add some blue cheese to them. Do like little blue cheese um little biscuits that would be really nice um or parmesan and a bit of thyme any kind of hard cheese that you've got going would be really nice I mean I'm once again Miriam heading down the lane of cheeses which is very (laughs) I was supposed to ban it this week but I will (laughs) let that one go because that's a really good you're gonna think of different things Um, is there anything sweet you could make with the I was gonna say you could blitz the you could cook those scraps and blitz them with some cinnamon and sugar and crumble them onto ice cream and have like a little um sort of cinnamon crumb on some vanilla ice cream that would be really nice oh, I or love cof- that idea. coffee ice That's cream so nice with a cinnamon crumb um yeah don't let those scraps go to waste they're absolutely delicious yeah anything like that kind of any or you could um re-roll them you could do jam tarts yes you absolutely <laughs> could jam tart for pudding quiche for main happy days double pastry and if you can't do it during lockdown when can you so well there we are (laughs) (laughs) i've seen actually i've seen them similar to jam tarts i've seen quite a few mince pies popping up on our facebook group as well which i'm loving because i've got i said before i've got a load of jars that i need to use up well i feel like i need to yeah um, that i made at christmas and i just love the fact that other people are making mince pies in spring as well yeah it's great i mean i've just if you've got it knocking i mean i've got christmas pudding Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son? They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go!
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. In the, in the cupboard that I need to use at some point. I mean, I just can't bear the idea of a hot summer's day eating a Christmas pudding. So better use it quickly. <laughs> well, <laughs> better use it Anna, soon. <laughs> Anna Glover used to have it for breakfast, so. Cool. <laughs> I'm finding did. out so of much. Of course she did. <laughs> Right, I've got one question here that's um, it's about a different type of flour because we've talked about plain and self-raising, but they've asked what can you bake with coconut flour? Um, I think coconut flour makes really nice pancakes. Actually, it makes a Does really it? light pancake. We've got a really nice um recipe on the website for coconut flour pancakes, and you just make a really simple berry compote. I think they're actually quite healthy. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's it's different to normal flour. So you do have to be quite careful. I mean, I've been saying to people quite a lot, you know, you can't just replace a flour like that with a coconut flour. It's very fine. Um, but you could kind of do like, if it was something that required 400 grams of flour, you could try and do 100 grams of coconut flour. And I don't think it would, you know, make a huge amount of difference if you wanted to bulk it up. But do look at those pancakes. I just think they, they have such a lovely flavor. And that kind of coconut really comes through and they're just light and delicious. Love those. Oh, sounds great. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, Right. So I noticed as well on our Facebook group that there's been quite a big thread about school sponge, gypsy tart, Mm -hmm. chocolate concrete, Manchester tart, all of those. Are these these sound like school school dinners type things that people are remembering? Are there any school dinners um desserts that that spring to your mind that you, you okay well about making big confessions that I didn't actually have school dinners but okay. I was completely obsessed with I used to go and walk along the school dinner line to see what they had even though I didn't eat it which is really <laughs> um tells you quite a lot about how ingrained food was into my mind from a very early age that anything where it's sitting in a pool of custard was quite exciting I thought um yeah, I mean, Manchester tart in the cornflake tart is something I remember quite well. So those kind of crunchy yeah. cornflakes on top of um, raspberry jam. I mean, it's so sweet, but so delicious. Um, and then we've been talking loads and I love this and I would kind of have it, you know, when I went to summer schools and stuff, that's when I would probably have school dinners actually. Um is the kind of the pink sponge cake. So a very sort of sort of dense vanilla sponge with a thick slick of pink icing on top, an array of um, very bright sprinkles. And then that sits in a pool of kind of tepid custard, um, <laughs> which is great. So delicious. Um, so I suppose those are the kind of things uh, I remember the most. And kind of going to community events and having kind of school dinnery puddings. Yeah, a lot of... Um, slices of tart and apple apple pie actually was something we had quite a lot with evaporated milk poured over it so instead of instead of cream um evap so yeah 
Yeah, definitely. What about you, Miriam? I want to ask you what you. <laughs> so at my my primary school, I remember we'd have a a big square. Everyone had like a big square table, and then there would be the two kids at the, the top end would be the servers. So everyone else would be sat down, and then the two would stand up and dish up whatever it was, um, you know, whatever main or dessert it was, um, and that always made it quite fun. And I think. If it was like my my older brother was at school, then that would be all right, and um, you get a decent decent pudding. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I remember things like when the custard would come round, you 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 didn't really want it first. You wanted it sort of halfway because I think the first bit it would there'd be this is disgusting. There'd be a bit of a skin on it, so you should sort of explode out, go all over the table, which you you didn't really want. Um, but my, I think one of my favourites was a sort of makeshift kind of cheesecake that was sort oh, of. Yeah. Um, crushed up I presume like digestives and things but I think it was a mixture of biscuits uh, a very sort of stodgy cheesecake filling and then a bit of squirty cream and a tinned bit of mandarin well, oh my goodness so, me I know exactly I really like. what you're so talking sweet. about um another thing that I used to be in absolute awe of I mean I actually really wish I'd had school dinners I was honestly obsessed with them um was arctic roll or you know the kind of sponge a yes. sort of sponge encasing with really moussey vanilla ice cream in the middle um, with a sort of spiral of, of raspberry ripple. Oh, wow. And I just think like this combination of sponge and ice cream is so delicious. There is, I think it was one of the first <laughs> um, recipes that I did. Um, that is for, for BBC Good Food. Um, BBCGoodFood.com is an Arctic roll. And oh, uh, yes. I made it a lot because I was helping to food style the shoot as well. Yeah. So I just remember sort of wandering around when I lived in East London with sort of five Arctic rolls that I'd made in a cool bag because I wanted to get all the step shots and everything just right. Um, so, but yeah, it's really nice. And and it does, you can make it taste, um, it give you all that nostalgic kind of vibes when you when you try it it is fun to make i made a sort of semi fredo kind of ice cream so it is that nice yeah. fluffy mixture inside it needs so. to be a bit cheaper moussey doesn't it in the middle yeah. like it can't be like super creamy i mean i feel like it's gotta be but also it's <laughs> kind of gotta be something you can just scoop into really easily like it's almost yeah. a bit soft in the middle also miriam we've completely forgotten to talk about one of my absolute favorite cakes i mean i'm <laughs> I'm actually we've got a time. We've got time. <laughs> I know, but it's just all of the nostalgic desserts are coming to me. It's uh, they're just rolling around in my head. But um, pineapple upside down cake. Yes, love it. Can we just take a moment to appreciate pineapple upside down cake? Yeah, I, I wondered it. how long it'd be before you brought a glass of cherry into the mix. Well, I mean, <laughs> I actually purchased some maraschino cherries the other day because I was Ooh. really missing them, and I think um, now I'm not quite sure what to do with them. But uh, yeah, I think. That there's something great about it, isn't there? Isn't there that kind of the pineapple and you turn it up and it's these rings of golden pineapple and these quite garish cherries? Yeah. Um, that's very 70s. And I love 70s. how you get like different bits of the sponge. So like because and there's the one that we've we made it for a video, didn't we? The, the pineapple upside down cake, which has got yeah. um uh, you make a sort of paste with kind of butter, don't you? And sugar, and you put and sugar, and you put that on the base of the tin. Yeah, and that gives you a sort of syrupiness, um, caramel, caramel, right? Like, yeah. yeah. But and I do want the sponge is like a bit crispy in patches, but then oh, underneath yeah. the pineapple, it's kind of soft. And I think so many of our favourite nostalgic desserts have got that kind of wonderful textural change. You know, like mm. crumbles, like crispy, and then it's gooey, and then it's fruit, and like I just love that kind of combo. 
I love it too. And I've got a recipe actually um, on the website, which is um, kind of a tropical version. So it's got coconut in it. So you just add coconut to the sponge. And I think it's got a really naughty, but you don't have to put this in, a big kind of glug of um, coconut rum. And then it's got, yeah, the cherries and then coconut flakes. So it's kind of like, and some lime. So it's sort of a twist on that. But I love that. I love, I really like, I love classic desserts anyway, but I love reinventing them a little bit. Like I loved our trifle challenge um, because you still got all those elements in both of our trifles that were super nostalgic, but with some slightly different flavor profiles. So you did that amazing trifle that was kind of chocolate orange. So you're still getting, you know, I mean, I associate chocolate orange with Christmas anyway, but you're getting all these kind of like the soft squidgy textures and the kind of the cold custard and I did a really retro one with with jelly and a custard with clotted cream in, which was, you know, definitely me abusing my power at BBC Good that Food. That was great. And lots of sprinkles as well, which was sprinkles. joyful. Yeah. I think people um, sometimes take food a bit seriously, actually. And I think we're quite good at not taking it too seriously at Good Food. And we've always been very kind of like, let's go with, you know nostalgia and and these kind of fun things and it's a fine to add sprinkles to a trifle people will like that and I just love yeah I don't I'm definitely I I moved in with my housemates over a year ago and I think when they first when I first moved in they were a bit like oh can we cook this in front of Esther and then soon (laughs) and soon they realized um and they say it a lot they're like you are you're not a food snob at all you're literally anything I mean I'm all sorts of things I wouldn't even want to disclose but um yeah and not at all and I think you've got to go with sometimes yeah what what brings you brings back good memories and a well I had that the other day because I made um some um I wasn't sure whether I was going to tell you this but I made those um coffee um fancies they're like espresso martini cocktail um fancies because we're doing the um bake because you can campaign so you bake something take a photo and tag some friends to to do that and then make a donation to children in need and comic relief and for that I didn't have enough butter in my recipe it uses butter in the sponge but I did have some margarine um from a vegan like a like a dairy-free spread um from a vegan cake that I'd made um, so I used that and actually when I tried the sponge um, you know it was just as good and actually reminded me more of kind of birthday cakes as yeah. a kid when margarine was what you you put in um yeah cakes, I mean there's really no shame there Miriam okay, I, <laughs> I really was I mean I was actually gonna mention this myself um my mum always uses like the soft margarine not always I mean I think she's depends what it is but for a birthday cakes she would always use that like a chocolate yeah. sponge would be cocoa powder margarine you know eggs flour um and there's a certain flavor to those cakes that you don't get in butter and I think there's something really to be said for that I think you know we always used to make fairy cakes out of that as well and actually yeah. that birthday cake that I was talking about that rainbow cake was a clipping from a newspaper in the 80s advertising a, a brand of margarine so um and we've still got it and she still makes it for me so oh so nice okay and now I'm gonna test you a little bit I think the like we said the shopping is getting a bit more back to normal people are being able to get more of what they want but I think if we've been spending quite a lot of time making I mean we started off making things like um lots of banana cakes and sourdough and all of that I think now um I don't know about you, but but trying to find things that are a bit quicker to do, um, yeah. a bit simpler. So have you got any sort of um, 
recipes that don't need that many ingredients for people that they can make quite quickly. Yes, definitely. So I would say I've got a few in my mind that I very much enjoy making myself that are, you know, three to five ingredients. Um, one is a gnocchi cacio pepe. So it's very easy. You just need a bag of kind of that kind of gnocchi that you buy on the shelf in the fresh pasta section, or you can buy the vat pack stuff um, in the dry store section of your supermarket. And then you just want to, I don't know if any, if you've had this, if anyone's had this before, I'm sure a lot of you have, but it's just a really simple cheese and pepper sauce for, for pasta. I mean, it comes from Rome. It's something I had in Rome and it's, it's so cheap to make and it's so store cupboardy. Um, and you really just need to kind of toss that. I mean, I do it with gnocchi, but I also love it with, um, spaghetti. I love it with, um, rigatoni. Um, so it can be any pasta and you almost, you, you, you just need to toast some really ground, um, peppercorns, freshly ground peppercorns um, in the pan and then you add your cooked pasta to it and you add a really good splash of that kind of starchy pasta water and loads of parmesan or pecorino if you can get it and then it emulsifies and makes this cheesy peppery sauce you can add a knob of butter but you're looking at five ingredients or less there um gnocchi Great. works really well because it's made with potato um and i also love gnocchi but i mean i also have it a lot with, with spaghetti and buccacini as well is also a really delicious pasta shape to have it with because it captures all that delicious sauce so that's one that is a big one for me i make that a lot um, a real cheats um, go-to for me is um, using packet ramen and then kind of just pepping it up a little bit. So you can buy good, good Japanese packet ramen. I can get that in my local big supermarket if you look in the Asian section. In those Asian-specific aisles, um, there are these, there are really good Japanese packet noodles um and really easy to pep up so you can drizzle some you really a soft boiled egg essential to go on top very classic ramen garnish there and then just a really good drizzle of chili oil maybe some finely sliced radish some finely sliced spring onion a sprinkle of sesame seeds doesn't have to be all of those and I know that's a real cheats recipe but you're not just eating that packet ramen you're you're pepping up and it's really nice so that's one thing I would do Get yourself so a really good, good chili like oil. Getting a few bits and bobs from your um, fridge used up as well. If you've got like a, a stray sort of spring onion or a little bit, you know, a bit of chili or something like that. Or yeah, yeah, exactly. Really yeah, yeah, and the kind of like the kind of wilting coriander in the bottom of your fridge is, is also yes. great at that. And um, the, definitely, if you get the ones that actually come from Japan, they're really delicious. I mean, they really are. They're 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 good. Um, you can also, if you can get the frozen Japanese dumplings, which you can buy also, I saw in my big supermarket, local supermarket the other day, they're also really nice if you pop those on top as well and they go in the broth and that's delicious. So we've done that and the gnocchi. And then another thing I really like to do is just make a really simple stew with, um, butter beans or cannellini beans, uh, tinned tomatoes, chorizo and pesto. I think that's four ingredients. You could add Great. some spinach if you wanted. That's one of our most popular recipes on our web on, on our website that I've written. And I know it was one of the first recipes I ever wrote for good food. And I really stand by it being a good recipe because it's got so few ingredients in. And it's got loads of flavor because you just buy one of those tubs of fresh pesto and swirl it through that tomato sauce. You've got spicy chorizo, big chunky butter beans. You can mop it up with a big hunk of bread if you want. You don't have to. You could have it on its own 
that's really delicious. And I recommend looking at that recipe if you're short on ingredients. Um, and if you didn't have chorizo, you could do it with pancetta or you could do nice chunks of, you know, a normal sausage. If you got some sausages from your butchers that had herbs in, that would be really nice. Um, so that's probably my other one. Um, a baked eggs is really good, kind of like a shakshuka style thing, if you can go for that. I really like using tinned cherry tomatoes and that kind of not as 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 popular in the supermarket if you go to the supermarket you can often find these tinned cherry tomatoes which are so delicious um cook those down with some onions crack some eggs on top and bake those um you could add a can of beans to that you could again you could add pancetta um you could drizzle on a a, a jar of a shop-bought pesto or zoog or or something like that just to pep up the flavor a pinch of za'atar if you can get hold of any za'atar um really delicious baked eggs are, are really one of one of those things that don't need many ingredients quite cheap to make and really delicious so they're they're my four they are four things brilliant. quite different variations of things but you know really some of the most simple things are some of the most delicious and I don't often make things with three or four ingredients in because I don't have those ingredients it's because I really like those simple dishes so I often make a pepperoncino like a spaghetti with chili I think maybe I spoke about this last time sorry if I did but it is <laughs> it is like you know chili spaghetti garlic oil so simple you know any kind of look have a look at Italian pasta dishes because the, sh- the the quick the quick italian pasta dishes often have very few ingredients in them they're, they're just very delicious if i was going to pick um i think these ideas are absolutely brilliant and i love i really love the stew idea and it's kind of made me think oh i could make that you know with the with the beans and stuff whilst doing kind of a, a bit more of a complicated bake or something i just think that's really helpful um if i was going to pick sort of three nostalgic bakes i'm kind of into at the moment I'd probably say coffee and walnut cake rice pudding and I've also got really into making a fruit fall so you know we've got got a recipe for a gooseberry fall on our website but I've used um raspberries from the freezer um recently and it's just like equal parts of um yogurt and uh double cream in there and I just forgotten how good how good that kind of combination is if you've had three nostalgic bakes I'm not saying forever because that's just a mean thing to say. Oh that's goodness. just too mean. But if you if three that are at the top of your list right now, I think that's fair. Okay. Number one, <laughs> very easy for me is a syrup sponge pudding. I mean, I love, like we were saying, pineapple upside down cake. I think that is really, you know, fun. And yeah. those big kind of shiny glacé cherries. And then I'd probably say sticky toffee pudding. I know I've done all three of them quite spongy. Oh, why not? But then I also really like trifle, Miriam. Don't make me uh, choose. <laughs> well, that's um, what I said. They're not forever. I'm just like, they're no, at the top okay. of your list at the moment. So, you know, I mean, trifle can be creeping in. But also, I've got to quickly mention eat and mess as well, because I also yes. really like that. Um, yeah. I often had eaten mess as a kid with tinned fruit. We didn't always have the fresh fruit. And I also think that's really nice. Like tinned peaches or tinned apricots and like those kind of shop-bought meringues and just whipped cream. I think that's really tasty. So yeah, kind of anything a bit stodgy. um, But maybe I probably wouldn't eat a syrup sponge pudding in the height of summer. So I'd go for my tinned fruit eaten mess in the summer. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Maybe some like toasted flaked almonds or something on top of that. That'd be pretty... Yeah, if we're being Pretty fancy. jazzy. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, oh, I want to make that now. Oh, Esther, it's been so nice oh. to have you back on the podcast. Thank you so much. I could talk to you forever about food and oh, we may have gone you. on a little bit longer than we intended. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, I mean, I probably should have, I mean, I think I did mention you in my three highlights of my week, but definitely talking to you is 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 a real pleasure and, and I do love it and I hope everyone's enjoyed it. So thank you very much for having oh. me. Great. Oh, thanks, Esther. Well, yeah, that is all we've got time for today. Um, we'll be back next week. We'll be talking to Anna Lawson um, about gifts and, and things like that that you can order yourself at home. Um, so please, um, please do uh, join us for that. And do keep your questions coming in. Use the hashtag AskBBCGoodFood on social media. Check out our live Q&As. They are available on Facebook, on YouTube and on Instagram and share your ideas and tips on our good food together facebook group if you've got any recipes that you want to share with us you can also create a my good food account on bbcgoodfood.com and upload your recipes and pictures there too if you're not on social media don't worry you can just email me any questions that you want for the podcast um at miriam.nice at immediate.co.uk and just write podcast in the subject bar all right that's it from me as uh, stay safe and get cooking been listening to the bbc good food essential recipes podcast thanks for joining us don't forget to subscribe on itunes acast or spotify or wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you never miss an episode